Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I am your host, Justin Lamb, and this is the bonus episode for December with licensed clinical marriage and family therapist Jenny Helms. And this week we are talking about behavioral addictions. So it might be time to take a step back and ask yourself some hard questions about how much time you spend on video games, social media, porn, sex, uh, risk-taking. There's a billion different behaviors that you can really have a very unhealthy relationship with. I have personal experience in some of this, and I share some of that as well as try to help you guys identify where you might have some issues as well. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I will talk to you afterwards, a little follow-up and whatnot. But this means a lot to me, and I hope you guys get a lot out of it. Without further ado, here's a little bit about behavioral addictions. I'm back with Jenny Helms, licensed clinical marriage family therapist. I, I feel like I should practice that in front of the mirror, and I almost did, because I was just like, why do I get that wrong every time? I've edited so many podcasts now where I say it wrong. Um, <laughs> so excited. But discussing a, a subject close to my heart, um, behavioral addictions. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Yay. It's like spirit fingers. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so curious on the feedback that we're going to get from this just because it's it's a very contested topic in in this world as far as tell me oh yeah, no, yeah well oh, I, go, ahead. <clears throat> go ahead tell me more about that like tell me more yeah well I I actually have notes today um that I, <laughs> so I will you say you are on it you are really on it today I mean you're normally on it but like today you're really on it <laughs> don't get used to this I don't want this to be a standard um well, so behavioral addictions is like by definition, it's a set of behaviors that a person becomes dependent on, craves, um, dot dot dot. But yeah, no, there's a big there's a big issue with this because, um, I mean, as far as the DSM, which is like the diagnostic uh, manual for you guys, like you need to have a diagnosis to give somebody, like for health insurance reasons, for a number of other reasons, correct? Like that's yes, that's what you yeah. guys have to do. And according to the DSM, gambling is the only behavioral addiction that's like recognized as currently. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's and then right. what is the European? Do you know the European book name? I can't think of it right now. There's like a DSM and that they use more in Europe. That's not the DSM. I don't. Um, that's interesting. Oh, I would look into it. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> they're well. They're like much more open-minded to um, trauma and like non-prescription treatments and uh, and behavioral addictions, if I'm not mistaken, are more accepted in that diagnostic manual. In the realm of behavioral addictions, though, outside of gambling, um, and we see this so prevalent nowadays, and I have personal experience with some of these, but there is food, plastic surgery, which is crazy to me, gaming, internet, um, risky behavior, like taking risks, which I never even thought about, but yeah, I feel like... I already know someone in that category the second I read it. Um, sex, that's a big one that people hear about. Shopping, social media, which is probably prevalent across all of society right now. Um, and pornography, which is another one that a lot of people have issues with. But so in the, in the realm of diagnosis, I mean, like you can't, right? Like you can't tell an insurance company you're diagnosing a behavioral addiction. Like that's why you're seeing somebody, right? Like, is that currently, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. So like, I think you're right. Like basically 
if you put that diagnosis in there, because there may be some sort of like generalized thing. I, yeah. I, I'm only saying that because I'm like, I'm not quite certain yeah you don't know um, every billing code and <laughs> no i don't know every dsm diagnosis yeah. by heart um but my guess my guess would be that couldn't be the primary reason for treatment because it isn't recognized as at, like in the dsm as a diagnosable code or as yeah. medical necessity for insurance companies so like with with your diagnostic codes it has to show what they call quote unquote, medical necessity. Um, And so because that hasn't been recognized yet as a medically necessary um, reason to seek therapy treatment, it's, yeah, they wouldn't cover that in therapy, essentially. And that, I mean, in the defense of that stance, and like, I think any addiction, really, there's there's underlying things there, right? Like, uh, a lot of it, I don't think anything stems from like, I just want to be addicted to something. I think, you know, I think there's, there's always, uh, some sort of trauma or anxiety or, uh, I mean, I don't know, list of other things that are behind someone's addiction. Um, and sometimes it's genetics and biochemistry and, you know, like all the people that are addicted to opioids that just got like overly prescribed after a surgery and it just turned into that. And that's, that's obviously a different subject. So we're not talking about chemical addiction. Right, right. Although, I mean, it's interesting because I think people write off behavioral addictions because they, but they don't understand that the biochemistry is actually still fairly similar with a lot of those behavioral Well, because you're still getting the dopamine hits and stuff like that, right? So there's still a chemical that you're becoming addicted to that response in your brain. Absolutely. That's why the behavior continues. Um, well, I mentioned some of the most common types and I made this little thing and I mean, please interject and tell me if I'm wrong or missing something, but I think some of the signs that you may be having an unhealthy behavior or an addictive behavior, um, you tried to cut down and stop and you can't, <laughs> I have, I have experience with that. Um, your behavior has had negative side effects on your job, um, your finances, your relationships, uh, you set limits for yourself, but you continually fail to abide by those limits um you often think about the behavior when you're not doing it and it's part of your identity even if it's like a hidden identity you have and then i think some of the like flags that you can associate with a with an addictive behavior is there's shame um regarding the behavior there's usually some sort of ritual involved um and that's i think true with a lot of addictions there's like just kind of a ritual. And I know that word is weird because I think, I mean, I personally, when I hear ritual, I'm like, like witches, you know, there's, it's a coven. Like a seance. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, that's more what just like a, like, oh, like a way you do things. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a way and a method. And if that structure gets um, like messed with, it causes distress. Yeah. Um, And then lying. I think I, I put that on there just because, like, alcohol was a big thing when I when I was drinking. I would lie about drinking, and I'd lie to like my wife, and I would. I mean, that's this is how I realized that I did not have a healthy relationship with drinking, is just like the general addiction questions that were like, um, you know, is it affecting your relationship? Yes. <laughs> have I set limits that I don't abide by? Yes. Uh, 
do I lie about it? Like, no, this is my last beer. And then go pound two beers in the bathroom when <laughs> it's like secret. Uh, yeah, it's all terrible behaviors that are directly associated with um, addictive behavior. And Yeah. Well, and I want to add to like to that, because I think um, for some people, it's obvious the line like they know they're yeah. lying. And then for other people, depending on the addictive behavior, like, I don't even think that they have fully acknowledged to themselves how much they're doing it. Like, I think about, like, cell phone usage and, like, social media. Yeah. Where they did this study and they asked people, like, how much do you think you're on social media a day? And people were off by, like, several hours, yeah. you know. And I don't think they were trying – I don't necessarily think they were like, I'm going to hide this in this survey. Um, I think they just literally have this disassociation of how much it's a problem. Yeah. So I think it could, it's probably both. It's like there's some intentional line, and then for some people, it's like they're not really fully connecting the dots to how big of an issue it is. Yeah, and I I, I agree there, and that's I mean I would file that also part of it at least um, under rationalization too. Like I uh, so I my history I mean part of my history that I'll share is like I had some form of sex addiction at one point that really, really peaked in Los Angeles. It's a great city for that sort of thing. Um, and um, the rationalizations you can tell yourself about behaviors so you don't have to like admit to yourself that you have problems with the behavior are astounding. Um, you can really justify anything. And part of that is lying. And it's lying to yourself, but it's lying nonetheless. Uh, or like, you know, um, let me think of something crazy. So if you're like cheating on a girlfriend and then, okay, you're cheating on a girlfriend with a guy <laughs> and then she's like, are you with someone else? And then you can just be like, honey, I've never been with another girl while we've been together. Not a lie, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but obviously like that's troubling. And that's, I mean, that's a weird way to loop around. I don't know where I was going with that, but. Yeah, rationalizations, um, lying to yourself, and then I think the big one, well, and, and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say with that, too, like, I think, you know, kind of like you were saying, you were in Los Angeles, like, there are different cultures and people that you can surround yourself with Yeah, that will reinforce your behavioral addiction as well. Yeah. And so you might, like, because I've seen this, too, play out where I've found that people, they rationalize it because the other issue is that a lot of people around them have similar issues or cultural beliefs around it and yeah. so it's like they feel they really do feel less like they have a problem because of their environment oh yeah i mean let's let's kind of use that to segue into a big one that is happening across the the world i think and that's pornography right like if you were to just ask a group of people like is it okay to look at porn uh i mean i feel like you're going to get the answer you want and if you don't get like, you'll, you will find just like any political question, right? Like you, if you go on Google or the internet or something, you will find the answer you're looking for and you'll find supportive articles behind it. And it, it, you can use that as justification for whatever you're, you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. But I think if you're being real with yourself and you ask yourself the questions that I mentioned at the top of the episode about, um, you know, how is this affecting your relationships? Are you setting limits? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm sure there's people all over the world that are like, oh, I'm, 
I'm not going to look at porn as much or like me and my, me and my partner had a discussion and like he or she is uncomfortable with it. So I promised I wouldn't like do that as much or at all or whatever that looks like. And then you can't abide with it. Right. Or even, yeah. Or even scientifically, like both, you know, like depending on your stance, you could find evidence in both camps as to why it's healthy for intimacy or unhealthy for intimacy or like, (laughs) I think ultimately you have to figure out what are you trying to get out of it and what's the context of why you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Um, and that should lead like whether or not you do it and how much you do it. Well, so that's kind of where I wanted to lead this episode. And that is the, the why's behind it. Um, any of these behaviors, like why, why are you doing that? Cause there's, there's the underlying thing, right? Like for me, Um, I was constantly seeking validation from other people in extremely unhealthy ways. And that's the, that's where I sought it out. And I didn't even realize that at the time. And if you would have asked me or cornered me in some situation where you're like, I know everything you've done. Why are you doing it? I would not be able to give you that answer. Uh, it's not till like years later when I, I was able to go through therapy and, and really like have hard conversations with myself and others that I was able to, uh, identify that that's what I was doing. I mean, it's the same thing that I do when I'm doing like a Facebook live and playing guitar. Like it's the underlying stuff is the same. I still want their approval. Um, and then the thing behind that is I can't figure out a way to give myself that approval. So I think like the overall is I have problems with my own self-worth and that was what ended up becoming um addictive behavior across the board i mean you could probably trace alcohol back to that as well so i wanted to discuss with you especially given your profession and and how many people you talk to and everything and i want to know clients names and addresses too no um but yeah okay let's go through the list uh, <laughs> um, but I, I want to talk about underlying causes of addictive behavior and like what are some of the more common ones and how can people that might be listening to this and saying oh i check a couple of those boxes like that are questioning these behaviors that they have whether it be how much time they spend on their phone or how much porn they're looking at uh gambling gaming is a huge one i think is that is highly underrated um because with video games today, I mean, they're made for you to sit there for hours and hours and hours. And over the years, I've, as video games have gotten more popular, because I was a kid that was into video games, I've watched friends shatter their relationships over over video games because they can't set limits for themselves and they just be, they're literally addicted to the game. Um, and I think, you know, that's probably an underlying social aspect or I'm spitballing here. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I wanted to mention, I wanted to bring up some of the underlying causes and what, in your opinion and experience, what those are and how some people can address them if that's happening. Yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's a great question. I, I definitely have some ideas and I may not cover all of them, but here's some of the things that I've seen um, and experienced some of these as well. Like, you know, you brought up worthiness like that that's a big one and I think it's worth saying again because a lot of people struggle with their sense of self and validation and feeling worthy and that 
typically stems from childhood trauma. We could go down that rabbit hole. Actually, most of this stems from trauma of some sort. Um, you know, the other thing, too, is sometimes when people have had specific social traumas um, and they haven't felt like they could connect with people or they label themselves as awkward or feel like they can't connect well with humans, they will find those hits of, like, dopamine and try to find, like, almost like a false sense of connection or connectivity to things and mm -hmm. other objects or in other activities as well. Um, the other thing is safety is a big one. So like if people have had traumas around being safe and needing to like, and doing certain activities makes them feel safe where they don't feel safe in other ways, um, that could be an underlying reason as well. And then also power, not feeling powerful in your life. So like I, the other big theme I've seen for people when they've struggled with certain behavioral addictions is is almost that sense of like needing something they p feel powerful with or powerful over. Yeah. And so if they don't feel very powerful in their life, they'll use certain things to create that false sense of like power, security, um, and then control. <laughs> I feel like control and power are kind of like Sometimes they're interwoven. They're really like when somebody struggles with control issues, it's really about not feeling powerful. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's not, but control could also be mixed with safety issues like needing to control things because if I control things and I can predict things and I can prevent things yeah. from happening. Um, yeah, so control, control is another big one is like behavioral addictions can be a form of controlling yeah the control things. and power just make me immediately look down and see like the risky behavior stuff like if you're the risk taker that underlying issue could be uh fine like you're in control of this crazy situation does that make sense mm -hmm. or being out of control maybe i'm going down the wrong <laughs> yeah well it, it could in the sense that sometimes people do riskier, impulsive, or even dangerous behaviors to themselves because they still feel in control of doing that dangerous behavior. Yeah. Like I remember a client saying something like, if I'm going to go downhill, I want, I want to be the one to roll downhill. I don't want someone to push me. And I was like, that's really interesting because in that way you're like, I'm empowering myself to roll downhill, <laughs> even though it's downhill. But like, it was yeah. like, they wanted to be in control of them spiraling down. Yeah. They didn't want it to be an outside external world force or something else. They're like, if I'm going to go down, I'm making myself go down. And you're just like, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. You do that. Right. So there is also this sense of that. And I'm only saying that cause I'm like, I'm sure I am sure I've had those similar thoughts and beliefs in my journey too. And like, trust me, I've had my own rebellion and oh, different yeah. things that I've tried to cultivate. And sometimes it's a rebellion against like the world rebellion against certain family members or certain roles we've had to play, um, things being unfair. I mean, there's so many layers to that, but like, I just say those are like the really common themes are like worthiness. Like, am I good enough? Um, safety, control, power. Yeah. Like usually when people have all those things and, and connection, connection. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I like that one. I think that one makes sense for a lot of the the bigger stuff right like the social media the the pornography the especially nowadays like with webcams and like i don't even know thankfully <laughs> like the the level i'm sure it's at at this point uh it's a weird thing that like pornography is always at the the top of technology <laughs> there was a i'm gonna get sidetracked for two seconds just because it's fascinating to me but do you remember when hd dvds were out Yes. So there was 
HD DVDs and Blu-ray came out at the same time, and they were like the competing next format. And uh, porn chose Blu-ray, so Blu-ray won. <laughs> like that—that that was what happened because uh, wow. that's that's how strong and how how much yeah like sales and <laughs> all that stuff. So yeah, if you ever want to find out what's at the forefront of technology, I'm sure there's some like adult festival or something you can go to the equivalent of e3 for pornography um anyway but the connection piece makes a lot of sense for that right like the gaming stuff um people are being social in games right they're in these groups and they're all like whatever fighting together if it's like a call of duty type thing or like killing a dragon or whatever the fuck it looks like but they're communicating they're socializing they have these groups of friends on there um that they're likely never meet because they live in other parts of the world and they're just like playing on the game together. Um, but they're getting that connection that they can't get in person somewhere else. And I don't want to teeter into a weird area there. Cause I feel like that's not bad, right? Like there's gotta be a line there though, somewhere with a balance. Right. <laughs> well, I think it's not bad. It's just, it's when we are trying to replace real connection with false connection yeah that's i think where the the issue lies it's almost like like if there's no other option for connection false connection will do but as far as like our emotional health i kind of see it like it's similar to like our bodies even like real food is gonna we're gonna process that better it's gonna nourish us better you know i I know this isn't a great like this isn't a perfect metaphor (laughs) but something real connection is really what we're desiring and false connection um it still leaves like it doesn't meet that need that we have as a human and so we can never get enough and we kind of buy into this message of like if only i had more and more doesn't actually do the trick yeah um which i feel like that's true for so many things um, social media uh, is just as far as connection and I mean what are you seeing in your job as like social media continues to kind of take over uh, the world as, as, I don't know do you see I forget if you see like teenagers kids at much I see a lot of teens <laughs> yeah I see a lot of teens I just I mean um, I can't personally even imagine what that's like in today's age uh with Facebook and Twitter and, uh, you know, a bunch of apps that I probably don't even know the names of because I'm too fucking old to, uh, and Ed, the amount people are spending on it and the toxicity that's involved there. And like, where do we go from there? I know that's a completely different podcast and I'm going down a, yeah, a rabbit hole, yeah. but, um, I guess let's stick to the, <laughs> to the subject. Sorry. I was like, Oh my God. Um, some big we're gonna tackle all those issues let's go um (laughs) so let's well let's use social media though as a as a baseline for something that anybody so anybody listening to this uses social media i can almost categorically say 100 percent that is true um what are some questions the average user can ask themselves to see like if the behavior they have on social media is teetering into an unhealthy area yeah well Again, it's tricky because I think it's so easy for us to be dishonest with ourselves about this and not like intentionally. Just it's hard because so many people struggle with um, probably using social media or abusing it is maybe a better word. Um, 
like the things I see generally with my teenagers are that they don't realize like their social media usage. Um, I mean, at least in the, in the research and kind of what I've observed clinically, it's really clear that people get into depression and anxiety when they're on social media for an extended amount of time every day. And I think, again, we haven't connected all the dots here, but my understanding is that it has a lot to do with like the comparison thing. Um, you know, we see everybody's highlight reels or, you know, nowadays we're also being thrust into like people's very contentious conversations and arguments that are very anxiety provoking or they're like name calling and your brain is basically an overload mode. Like you would not normally be exposed to that many, you know, anxiety provoking conversations. You wouldn't normally compare yourself to that many people or, or things. And so it's an overload and we know comparison is a thief of joy. So depression. And then we know that like our brain's not able to fully sift through all this, all these really hard and difficult viewpoints and topics. So like teenagers are also like thinking about things and a lot of things that they never had to think about. Like we didn't like as teenagers, because we weren't exposed to so much, we weren't thinking about all these hot button issues. We were like, or at least for me, I was like, Gilmore Girls is on tonight. You know, like, and I had, like, other things. I had other teenage issues. Don't get yeah. me wrong, for sure. But, like, I feel for them in the sense that now all of a sudden I think teenagers feel like they need to be involved in, like, politics and some other things that their brain is not fully developed to – like, it literally cannot um, absorb it and process it and critically yeah. think through it the way that an, a fully developed adult brain can – and there's now new research saying, like, the adult brain isn't fully developed e- until even later than 25 and 26, like we originally thought. Yeah. That's Yay. scary. That's scary uh, my brain about. actually might still be developing is, is, is what this research is We showing. get it, Jenny. You're younger than me. <laughs> no, but they were saying it was actually, like, 35, 36 or something. And I was like, dang, I'm still developing. Like, there's things I don't know I can do. That explains um, all my breakthroughs in the last year. It's because my brain finally <laughs> fucking peaked. <laughs> but i will i will say at least i will just uh briefly mention that i've observed that over time like i let go of things a lot quicker and i'm less stressed about things than i used to be so i definitely i've seen my brain over time like I feel like mature and become yeah. more peaceful. Now, I mean, I'm not going to say it's naturally the thing for everyone. I was going to say, you're but... also in a field that might <laughs> allow you to, to do that more than <laughs> That's others. That's true. I'm constantly having to work on stuff. So I'm like, Ugh. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> long story short about social media, like I think this whole comparison thing, and because people are having to sift through all this information and we don't know how to like, critically think about it and assume the best about people like it's really bad for our brains it's like it's creating more of a traumatic um anxious brain yeah itself so to me social media usage has to not only be like about quantity of time but it also has to be about what we're absorbing and like how we filter and boundary things that are not healthy for our brain to absorb right because i'm like one of the biggest things I do with my teen clients, especially since they struggle with like eating disorders, body image, all sorts of stuff. Um, one of the big things we do is we actually have them sift through their social media and unfollow people that are not healthy for their brains nice. or their I think everybody body might, might have to do that once in a while. <laughs> yeah. And this is going to sound really weird, but like we all need exposure to like different types of people, different types of thoughts 
different looking types of people. Yeah. So I always encourage people to diversify and do and follow things you wouldn't normally follow. So like, um, like, cause again, if we're only following certain like political sides or certain types of people, like you're really only getting like a certain viewpoint. But the other thing that's really silly is like, we don't realize typically people only follow like attractive people on social media. And then we all think we're like, Oh my gosh, like, there's so many attractive people out there and I'm just, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, this is like, not only is it like, you don't know how many filters are happening, but yeah. like, <laughs> like that's not like representative of, of like the humans. general population. Yeah. Yeah. Go and to so, Kroger, like, a, look around. <laughs> Come on. So a big thing I do is I have them follow people that have like varying body types or like just, you know what I mean? Like just different things. And I know yeah. like that might sound very, I don't know. Some people may not be a fan of that, but I feel like it's it's just like we need to diversify like what we are looking at. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, think of no, I'm gonna I'm gonna control myself and not go off on a tangent. <laughs> As, I, I I like I will say and then I'll drop it. I just I like if people did something as simple as follow more people of a different race than themselves. We might not have as many issues as we have today. Right. Um, Exposure. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the Going back to like the original question is if somebody's kind of asking themselves some questions, um, how can they identify this behavior being unhealthy? Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on, because this happens a lot, right? People are like, I'm getting off social media for a week or a month, or I mean, New Year's is coming up in how many weeks and people are always doing new year's resolutions like oh you know dry january people don't drink for the month of january a lot um and a lot of people try to like on uh, no social media for a week or all of the january or whatever that looks like when you set those limits so first of all to me if you're setting a limit like that you're acknowledging like you need to take a break from this mm -hmm. uh, and then secondly if you can't abide by those limits like you are thinking about it when you're not using it and you're just like, I know I said a week, but it's been three days and like, that's pretty good. And then you like have to go back to it. Would you say that's like a pretty big red flag right there? Oh yeah. That would, that would definitely be a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would also question too, that like, if you do have these struggles that like, when you set up these challenges for yourself, you're going to like, even if maybe you're not fully in addiction mode, like you need to delete the app or you need to like environmentally make it easy on yourself. Yeah. And then you'll know too that like, if you've deleted the app and then you reinstall it, like that's like, that's like, okay, Been there. <laughs> dude, like that is like big red flag, right? Because yeah. you already, you even environmentally made it easier for yourself. But like, if you're still getting pop-up notifications, like, and you're expecting yourself to not be like, ooh, like, yeah. that's just like, that's hard for any of us. It's like, if I were like, I'm going to take a week off of coffee, but then like every day I still got a coffee and like put it on my desk. <laughs> like, you know how much that, why would I, just you saying that, I was I like, no, that? no, 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 <laughs> no. Because oh I'm like, that's definitely something I struggle with drinking too much of. And I, I do like I will have to like take breaks or go decaf and like make sure that I'm not just getting addicted to Fuck like that noise. Caffeine. That's the only substance I've left, Jenny. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Got to hold on to your vices. Um, so and, and yeah, I'm not like and again, I'm not here to be anti coffee or I don't okay. think it's, I you know, it. <laughs> I don't need to fully talk about it. But like 
But yeah, I, I just wouldn't expect myself to not take a sip of coffee if I had like that mug right there beside me. So yeah. set yourself up for success. And then if you still do it, like then you really know. Yeah. Like, yes, this and is that's, an issue. I brought that up too because I think that's the most relatable thing. If you're falling under any of these categories um, that a, a lot of people do because it becomes like trendy online and stuff is setting limits and then – Find out if you can like abide by those limits and how difficult it is. Maybe you do make it like the month of January without X, Y, or Z. How hard was that? <laughs> and yes. how much were you like raring to get back to it on February 1st? Um, yes. And, and th- like you said, I don't think that necessarily says like addiction, you have to get that tattooed across your back or anything, but like accepting and recognizing that you clearly have an unhealthy relationship with that behavior um, is for your own health, I think something you should do. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, some other indicators kind of like you were saying, like if you're lying about it, if you're hiding it, if like another, the big one for me is like, obviously like if it's impacting your work and like if you lose your job over something or if the relational aspect, like if you're choosing to do this thing over being with people and over like socializing and, and like connecting with people. And I mean, not like, I mean, every now and then, like, we do need some downtime or whatever, but, like, you'll know when, like, you're choosing this thing over cultivating friendships and, like, getting connected to people. Like, that's that's a big red flag. Um, And I think it's going to be a harder one for people to catch specifically right now because there's so much like like genuine like isolation that yeah. we have to be in. I see nobody. I'm also <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. And it's yeah. like I genuinely worry that people will almost more so struggle with behavioral addictions because they're not going to be able to get that genuine connection. Oh yeah. Um and so they won't even notice that they're not like do you know what I mean like some of the red flags they may not even notice are like as big of a deal because they're like, Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm quarantining or I'm isolating because of COVID. And it's like, well, yeah, there's, there's been given a good amount of attention, um, to alcoholics and drug addicts relapsing during this time. And I think that that's true for behavioral stuff too. I mean, being alone for months at a time is, is incredibly difficult. Or, I mean, even if you're just like alone with your partner, like you're still, going to have a lot of time where your head's going to, you know, drift into areas that might be unhealthy, especially if it's something you've like addressed before. Enter the shame and rationalization to tie it all up. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's, I think that's all I got. <laughs> There's no more. <laughs> do you, do you have, did I? Don't worry. You are enough. Okay. Oh, Hey. <laughs> Then she laughed after she said it. Did you hear that? That's so not no, true. Really, you're like, that's really not validating. Um, <laughs> this is what I do with all my clients. I tell them they're enough and then, um, and laugh, then laugh hysterically. <laughs> that's amazing. I need to try oh, that technique. No. Writing that one down. Gosh, um, man. <laughs> that why all my clients fire me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Terrible. Just kidding. Uh, no, but I think I know. I really think we we touched on some really important parts, and um, yeah, like I think we covered some really good stuff. So, yeah. I mean, whether or not you have a problem, I think you just have to be open enough to ask yourself that question. Yeah, so I think that's the that's the biggest first step. 
right? And I think we all could like, you know, we're all still working on creating healthy balances and things in our lives, yeah. right? Like with social media, with shopping, with food, with all sorts of things, right? Like balance is definitely a dance that we're all doing. So it's worth like if something's a little out of balance, like even if it's just a little out of balance, like it's still worth like looking into especially because i think that's like where it starts for people is it just feels a little out of out of balance yeah and then they don't realize that like steady decline into like extremely out of balance yeah um yeah and that's uh the one thing i wanted to mention in social media that i forgot about is uh those sites you know facebook and and whatnot they're designed by people specializing in this like they're designed to keep you involved and wanting more like that is it's like the stupid little games that you play on your phone. Like those are designed by people who know about addictive behaviors and know how to like hit those little buttons in your brain that make you want to come back and get more. So like mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's not even your fault to some degree that you're like constantly being pulled in because they're made to do that. Um, yeah. And I want to, I, I make it, I think generally too, and this has always been an issue, but this has been like tenfold increased by social media. Like, we are when we think about big companies and how they're selling to us they don't want humans to be healthy and fulfilled they don't want you to feel happy and fulfilled like that is not their goal if that were their goal as much money right now (laughs) no i'm i'm totally serious like (laughs) happy fulfilled people do not buy as much stuff they don't buy things as much they'll buy what they need and that's it but they they are literally investing in making your mental health worse so that you buy stuff and that you get stuff and that you don't feel adequate enough because you need their thing to feel adequate enough and you can never get enough and you need to keep buying it and just follow that loop trail. And like, it kind of makes us like big picture realize like, damn, like we've been lied to our whole lives about like what's really important and like what makes us worthy. And it's, the dirty it's, back rooms of capitalism. Yeah. It's a- well, and again, I don't like I don't think that was necessarily their original intent, but over time as that oh, yeah, becomes yeah. the focus and the goal, like that naturally is just what's what it's gonna be. Yeah. Real so. bummer. Real bummer note to end on. <laughs> but, so uh, no, you I guys mean, it's, out it's there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a no, good, but it's oh go ahead. I was just gonna say it's a good time of year to um kind of evaluate these things just because people are going to be doing resolutions soon and uh ask yourself why you need to make a resolution about that thing in the first place yeah like and and i guess to ultimately be focused on how you want to define your worthiness and like how you want more connection in your life because i think if you're focused on ensuring you feel good enough and cultivating connection like you're going to be in a better space to not struggle with these things. Yeah. Well, thank you again, as always, for your time. And hopefully people got some out of this and be able to ask themselves some questions and get some balance on their own terrible behavior. (laughs) And then totally like destroy their world with my capitalist. No. (laughs) I like to think people know stuff. I mean, it's so weird now. All 
right, you just listened to my bonus episode with licensed clinical marriage and family therapist Jenny Helms about behavioral addictions. Uh, a lot, a lot going on there, and I hope you were able to take a step back, or maybe, you know, sit with the information and and come back to it at a later time. There's a lot of really unhealthy habits and coping mechanisms happening right now with the global pandemic, and uh, you know. Sometimes this is the best time when you have as much time as you do with yourself. It might be a really good time to uh, reevaluate your relationship with some of those things. If you guys have any questions uh, or have a story, please reach out. I I can relate to this on levels you don't even understand. Uh, You can reach me at justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com or find me at friendrequestpod on any social media platform. You can also follow Jenny at Jenny Ann Helms, J-E-N-N-Y-A-N-N-H-E-L-M-S on any social media platform as well. And I highly recommend you do that. Great content out there. Once again, I hope you guys got a lot out of this. And this is our last episode before Christmas. So have a Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Otherwise, uh, happy holiday, whatever you're celebrating. Hanukkah is, I think, ending as I'm recording this. So I hope you had a happy Hanukkah. And I will talk to you guys uh, the week before New Year's, the week after Christmas, one week. Let's just say one week from today. (laughs) If you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and shoot me some feedback. I I thrive on the feedback. It's the only thing keeping me going, guys. I want to know you're out there listening and if you have constructive feedback or positive feedback or even if you want to call me a big old douchebag, feel free. Same email address, justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com. I'll talk to you guys next week. I love you. Take care. Bye-bye.